Chapter 22, Wake Me Up When September Ends. The rest of September was hard. I wasn't used to getting up so early in the morning. I wasn't used to this whole notion of homework. And I got my first quiz at the end of the month. I never got quizzes when mom homeschooled me. I also didn't like how I had no free time anymore. Before, I was able to play whenever I wanted to, but now it felt like I always had to do stuff for school. And being at school was awful in the beginning. Every new class I had was like a new chance for kids to not stare at me. They would sneak peeks at me from behind their notebooks or when they thought I wasn't looking. They would take the longest way around me to avoid bumping into me in any way, like I had some germ they could catch, like my face was contagious. In the hallways, which were always crowded, my face would always surprise some unsuspecting kid who maybe hadn't heard about me. The kid would make a sound, make the sound you make when you're holding your breath before going underwater, a little (coughs) sound. This happened maybe four or five times a day for the first few weeks, on the stairs, in front of the lockers, in the library. 500 kids in a school. Eventually, every one of them was going to have to see my face at some point. And I knew after the first couple of days that word had gotten around about me because every once in a while I'd catch a kid elbowing his friend as they passed me or talking behind their hands as I walked by them. I can only imagine what they were saying about me. Actually, I prefer not to even try to imagine it. I'm not saying that they were doing any of these things in a mean way. In a mean way, by the way. Not once did any kid laugh or make noises or do anything like that. They were just being normal, dumb kids. I know that. I kind of wanted to tell them that. Like, it's okay. I know I'm weird looking. Take a look. I don't bite. Hey, the truth is, if a Wookiee started going to school all of a sudden, I'd be curious. I'd probably stare a bit. And if I was walking with Jack or Summer, I'd probably whisper to them, Hey! There's the Wookiee. And if the Wookiee caught me saying that, he'd know I wasn't trying to be mean. I was just pointing out the fact that he's a Wookiee. It took about one week for the kids in my class to get used to my face. These were the kids that I'd see every day in all my classes. It took about two weeks for the rest of the kids in my grade to get used to my face. These were the kids I'd see in the cafeteria. Yard time, PE, music, library, computer class. It took about a month for the rest of the kids in the entire school to get used to it. These were the kids in all the other grades. They were big kids, some of them. Some of them had crazy haircuts. Some of them had earrings in their noses. Some of them had pimples. None of them looked like me. Chapter 23, Jack Will. I hung out with Jack in homeroom, English, history, computer, music, and science, which were all the classes we had together. The teacher assigned seats in every class, and I ended up sitting next to Jack in every single class. So I figured either the teachers were told to put me and Jack together, 
or it was a totally incredible coincidence. I walked to classes with Jack, too. I know he noticed kids staring at me, but he pretended not to notice. One time, though, on our way to history, this huge eighth grader who was zooming down the stairs two at a time accidentally bumped into us at the bottom of the stairs and knocked me down. As the guy helped me stand up, he got a look at my face, and without even meaning to, he just said, whoa. Then he patted me on the shoulder like he was dusting me off and took off after his friends. For some reason, me and Jack started cracking up. That guy made the funniest face, said Jack, as we sat down at our desks. I know, right? I said. He's like, whoa. I swear, I think he wet his pants. We were laughing so hard that the teacher, Mr. Roche, had to ask us to settle down. Later, after we finished reading about how the ancient Sumerians built sundials, Jack whispered, Do you ever want to beat those kids up? I shrugged. I guess. I don't know. I'd want to. I think you should get a secret squirt gun or something and attach it to your eyes somehow. And every time someone stares at you, you'd squirt them in the face <sighs> with some green slime or something, I answered. No, no, with slug juice mixed with dog pee. Yeah, I said, completely agreeing. Guys, Mr. Roche said from across the room. People are still reading. We nodded and looked down at our books. Then Jack whispered, Are you always going to look this way, August? I mean, can't you get plastic surgery or something? I smiled and pointed at my face. Hello, this is after plastic surgery? Jack clapped his hand over his forehead and started laughing hysterically. Dude, you should sue your doctor, he answered in between giggles. This time, the two of us were laughing so much, we couldn't stop even after Mr. Roche came over and made both of us switch chairs with the kids sitting next to us. Chapter 24, Mr. Brown's October Precept. Mr. Brown's precept for October was, your deeds are your monuments. He told us that this was written on the tombstone of some Egyptian guy that died thousands of years ago. Since we were just about to start studying ancient Egypt in history, Mr. Brown thought this was a good choice for a precept. Our homework assignment was to write a paragraph about what we thought the precept meant or how we felt about it. This is what I wrote. This precept means that we should be remembered for the things we do. The things we do are the most important things of all. They are more important than what we say or what we look like. The things we do outlast our mortality. The things we do are like monuments that people build to honor heroes after they've died. They're like the pyramids that the Egyptians built to honor the pharaohs. Only instead of being made out of stone, they're made out of memories that people have of you. That's why your deeds are like your monuments.
built with memories instead of stones. Chapter 25, Apples. My birthday is October 10th. I like my birthday, 10-10. It would have been great if I was, had been born at exactly 10-10 in the morning or at night, but I wasn't. I was born just after midnight, but I still think my birthday is cool. I usually have a little party at home, but this year I asked mom if I could have a big bowling party. Mom was surprised, but happy. She asked me who I wanted to ask for my class, and I said, everyone in my homeroom plus summer. It's a lot of kids, Augie, she said. I have to invite everyone because I don't want anyone to get their feelings hurt if they find out other people are invited and they aren't, okay? Okay, Mom agreed. You even want to invite the, what's the deal, kid? Yeah, you can invite Julian, I answered. Geez, Mom, you should forget about that already. I know, you're right. A couple of weeks later, I asked Mom who was coming to my party, and she said, Jack Will, Summer, Reed Kingsley, both Maxes, and a couple of other kids said they were going to try to beat her. Like who? Charlotte's mom said Charlotte had a dance recital earlier in the day, but she was going to try to come to your party if time allowed, and Tristan's mom said he might come after his soccer game. So that's it, I said. That's like five people. That's more than five people, Augie. I think a lot of people just had plans already, mom answered. We were in the kitchen. She was cutting one of the apples we had just gotten from the farmer's market into teensy-weensy bites so that I could eat it. What kind of plants? I asked. I don't know, Augie. We sent out the evites kind of late. Like, what did they tell you, though? What reasons did they give? Everyone gave different reasons, Augie. She sounded a bit impatient. Really, sweetie, it shouldn't matter what the reasons were. People had plans, that's all. What did Julian give as his reason, I asked. You know, said mom, his mom was the only person who didn't RSVP at all. She looked at me. I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I laughed because I thought she was making a joke, but then I realized she wasn't. What does that mean, I asked. Never mind. Now go wash your hands so you can eat. My birthday party turned out to be much smaller than I thought it would be, but it was still great. Jack, Summer, Reed, Tristan, and both Maxes came from school, and Christopher came too, all the way from Bridgeport with his parents. And Uncle Ben came. And Aunt Kate and Uncle Poe drove in from Boston, though Tata and Papa were in Florida for the winter. It was fun because all the grown-ups ended up bowling in the lane next to ours, so it really felt like there were a lot of people there to celebrate my birthday. Chapter 26, Halloween. At lunch the next day, Summer asked me what I was going to be for Halloween. Of course, I'd been thinking about it since last Halloween, so I knew right away. Boba Fett. You know you can wear a costume to school on Halloween, right? No way. Really? Mm -hmm. So long as it's politically correct. 
What, like, no guns and stuff? Exactly. What about blasters? I think a blaster is a gun, Augie. Oh, man, I said, shaking my head. Boba Fett had a blaster. Hmm. At least we don't have to come to school like a character in a book anymore. In the lower school, that's what you had to do. Last year, I was the Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. But that's a movie, not a book. Uh, hello, Summer answered. It was a book first. One of my favorite books in the world, actually. My dad used to read it to me every night in the first grade. When Summer talks, especially when she's excited about something, her eyes squint like she's looking right at the sun. I hardly ever see Summer during the day, since the only class we have together is English, but ever since that first lunch at school, we've sat at the summer table together every day, just the two of us. So what are you going to be? I asked her. I don't know yet. I know what I really want to go as, but I think it might be too dorky. You know, Savannah's group isn't even wearing costumes this year. They think we're too old for Halloween. What? That's just dumb. I know, right? I thought you didn't care what those girls think. She shrugged and took a long drink of her milk. So what dorky thing do you want to dress up as? I asked her, smiling. Promise not to laugh? She raised her eyebrows and shoulders, embarrassed. A unicorn? I smiled and looked down at my sandwich. Hey, you promise not to laugh, she laughed. Okay, okay, I said, but you're right, that is too dorky. I know, she said, but I have it all planned out. I'd make the head out of paper mache and paint a, the horn gold and make the mane gold too. It would be so awesome. Okay, I, I shrugged, then you should do it. Who cares what other people think? right? Maybe what I'll do is just wear it for the Halloween parade, she said, snapping her fingers. And I'll be like a goth girl for school. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'll do. Sounds like a plan, I nodded. Thanks, Aki, she giggled. You know, that's what I like the best about you. I feel like I can tell you anything. Yeah, I answered, nodding. I gave her a thumbs up sign. Cool beans. Chapter 27, School Pictures. I don't think anyone will be shocked to learn I don't want to have my school picture taken on October 22nd. No way, no thank you. I stopped letting anyone take, my, take pictures of me a while ago. I guess you could call it a phobia. No, actually, it's not a phobia. It's an aversion, which is a word I just learned in Mr. Brown's class. I have an aversion to having my picture taken. There, I used it in a sentence. I thought mom would try to get me to drop my aversion to having my school picture taken, but she didn't. Unfortunately, while I managed to avoid having that portrait taken, I couldn't get out of being part of the class picture.
Ugh. The photographer looked like he had just sucked on a lemon when he saw me. I'm sure he thought I ruined the picture. I was one of the ones in the front sitting down. I didn't smile. Not that anyone could tell if I had. Chapter 28, The Cheese Touch. I noticed not too long ago that even though people were getting used to me, no one would actually touch me. I didn't realize this at first because it's not like kids go around touching each other that much in middle school anyway, but last Thursday in dance class, which is like my least favorite class, Mrs. Atanabe, the teacher, tried to make Zamina Chin be my dance partner. Now, I've never actually seen someone have a panic attack before, but I have heard about it, and I'm pretty sure Zaimina had a panic, panic attack at that second. She got really nervous and turned pale and literally broke into a sweat within a minute. And then she came up with some lame excuse about really having to go to the bathroom. Anyway, Mrs. Atanabe let her off the hook because she ended up not making anyone dance together. Then yesterday, in my science elective, we were doing this cool mystery powder investigation where we had to classify a substance as an acid or a base. Everyone had to heat their mystery powders on a pl heating plate and make observations. So we were all huddled around the powders with our notebooks. Now, there are eight kids in the elective, and seven of them were squished together on one side of the plate, while one of them, me, had loads of room on the other side. So of course I noticed this, but I was hoping Ms. Rubin wouldn't notice this because I didn't want her to say something. But of course, she did notice this, and of course, she said something. Guys, there's plenty of room on that side. Tristan, Nino, go over there, she said. So Tristan and Nino scooted over to my side. Tristan and Nino have always been okay nice to me. I want to go on record saying that. Not super nice, like they go out of their way to hang out with me, but okay nice. Like they say hello to me and talk to me like normal. And they didn't even make a face when Miss Rubin told them to come on my side, which a lot of kids do when they think I'm not looking. Anyway, everything was going fine until Tristan's mystery powder started melting. He moved his foil off the plate just as my powder began to melt too, which is why I went to move mine off the plate. And then my hand accidentally bumped his hand for a fraction of a second. Tristan jerked his hand away so fast he dropped his foil on the floor while also knocking everyone else's foil off the heating plate. Tristan, yelled Mrs. Rubin. But Tristan didn't even care about the spilled powder on the floor or that he had ruined the experiment. What he was most concerned about was getting to the lab sink to wash his hands as fast as possible. That's when I knew for sure there was this thing about touching me at Beecher Prep. I think it's like the cheese touch in Diary of the Wimpy Kid. The kids in that story were afraid that they'd catch cooties if they touched the old moldy cheese on the basketball court. 
that beats your prep. I'm the old moldy cheese. <laughs>